Today, we're going to conclude our series called Forward. Say forward. forward. Yeah, as I was praying and asking God at the end of this past year for a word to start the new year out with, the word forward came into my mind, came into my, and into my spirit. Immediately, I, I was reminded of when Moses was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. You know the story, Pharaoh and his army were chasing them from behind, and, and the swollen waters of the Red Sea was before them. And Moses cries out to God for direction. And God says to Moses, tell the people, tell my people to go forward. Well, I believe that this is a word for us today as well. I believe that God wants us to move forward. To move forward as a church, absolutely, but not only to move forward as a church, but also to move forward as individuals. Well, today we're going to talk about moving forward in our personal growth, our personal uh, uh, walk with the Lord. I I want us to read some scriptures uh, to get us started this morning. And we're going to look at Hebrews chapter five. We're going to begin at verse number 11, and we're going to read down through chapter six and verse number three. Going to be reading from the New Living Translation, and it will be on the screen for you this morning. Now, now, whoever that the writer of Hebrews was, and we're not told who he was. Some say it was Paul. Others say it was anybody but Paul. Well, we know the real uh, uh, writer of, 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 uh, of the word is the Holy Spirit, right? But whoever, whoever that the, the writer was, uh, uh, because God used the personality of the writer as well, well, he must have been a bulldog. Whoever he was must have been a bulldog. Listen, we'll read this passage and you're going to see what I'm talking about. So let's begin with verse number 11. And the writer says here, there is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. (laughs) See what I'm talking about? How many would you like for me to talk to you like that, right? Verse 12, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies. (laughs) See? You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Chapter 6. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead, and let us become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on hands, and resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move forward. We will what? So, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. So, the writer of Hebrews was saying that it was time to move forward in personal growth. 
And, and that's the challenge that I am, I am uh, laying out for all of us here this morning. And let me say also that I predict that this is the challenge that your new lead pastors will place before you for the future of this church. See, I see a new level of discipleship coming to the grace place. Mark it down and see if I am right or not. Well, let's talk about personal growth for a few moments this morning. I'm gonna, I want to make four statements today, four statements that I prepared about this subject. Statement number one is this personal growth should be expected. Say expected. Yeah. Personal growth should be expected. In verse 12 of, of Hebrews 5, the writer says, you've been believers for so long now, you should be teachers by now. See, see, personal growth is something that should be expected. Uh, it, it should be normal. Uh, we shouldn't be at the same place in our faith walk today as we were a year ago. As we were five years ago, as we were 10 years ago ago. Personal growth should be expected. First of all, we should expect it of ourselves. May I ask you this morning, do you expect anything out of yourself? Yeah, yeah, we, we, we should expect it. We should expect personal growth out of ourselves. May I ask these questions this morning. Do we, do we have a desire to grow? Do we feel the need to grow? Or are we content to remain baby Christians who need somebody to bottle feed us and burp us? Do we still throw tantrums when we don't get a, what we want or when things don't go our way? You know, you know, if we don't like what the leadership does, we're going to take our bat and ball and go home. It's okay. Listen, it's okay if you're not where you should be. It's okay if you're not where you want to be in your faith journey. It's not okay if you're at the same place you have been for a while. Personal growth should be expected. First of all, we should expect it of ourselves. And second of all, others, others will certainly expect it of us. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, God tells Samuel to go to the house of Jesse and to select the next king from one of Jesse's sons. And God was going to reveal to him which son to choose. And in the process of this selection, God says to Samuel, in verse number 7, God says to Samuel, he says, he says man looks on the outward appearance, but I look on the heart. Now, when this verse is, is referenced, the emphasis is almost always placed on the part that says that God looks on the heart. And thank God for this. I'm here glad this morning that God looks upon the heart. Thank God for this. But the fact still remains that man looks on the outward. Yes, God looks on the inward, but, but man looks on, on, the, on the outward. See, man cannot see what's in the heart of man, but he does see what's on the outside. So here's what I'm saying this morning. I'm saying that people are looking at us. People are looking at us. People are watching us. And especially if we claim to be children of God. 
See, see, they are watching to see if what we say lines up with what they see. If we live what we teach, if we live what we preach, if we live what we proclaim. Yeah, it's okay not to be perfect. It's not okay to not be growing. How many understand that the proof that an apple tree is indeed an apple tree can be found in its fruit, right? Now, I can't tell one tree from another, but the way I can tell one tree from another is if it's an apple tree, there's going to be some apples on the tree. If it's a pear tree, there's going to be pears. If it's an orange tree, there's going to be oranges. I can tell by the fruit of the tree what kind of tree that it is. The proof is in the fruit. The same is true for you. The same is true for me. To be a Christian means to be Christ-like. It means there should be some fruit. It means that we are to bear fruit that resembles him. Let me ask you this morning, what kind of fruit are we bearing? Let me ask you this this morning, are we more like him today than we were last year? Are we more like him today than we were five years ago? Are we more like him today than we were years ago? We should be. Listen, personal growth is expected. We should expect it of ourselves and others will certainly expect it of us. Second statement that I want to make in line with our our, uh, thought this morning is this, and that is personal growth should be examined. Yeah, it should be examined. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 5, Paul writes, and he says, examine yourself to see, say to see. Yeah, examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourself. You know, in school, tests reveal what we know and what we don't know. Right? They reveal where we are in our education journey. Well, listen, we need to put our personal growth to the test. It needs to be examined from time to time. And here's what I I believe. An an accountability partner should be included in our growth plan. See, See, it would be good for us to develop a personal growth plan and then share it with somebody and ask them to hold us accountable to our growth plan. Yes, Give them permission to ask us if we are actually doing what our growth plan says that we are going to do. Yes, and here's why. People do what's inspected, yes. not what's expected. Right. Yeah, that's why you need a supervisor. Because you know there's going to be an inspection. And people tend to do what's inspected, not what's expected. And And so if we know that our accountability partner is going to ask us if we read our Bible, ask us if we had time of our time of prayer, ask us if we indeed read the book that we intended to read and said we were going to read. Ask us if we gave what we committed to give. 
an accountability partner, somebody that would ask us how we are doing in the areas of our life where we're trying to improve in or the habits that we're trying to break. Because the truth is people tend to do what's inspected, not what is expected. Now, if we're not willing to have an accountability partner, I really doubt if we are really all that serious about our personal growth. Just saying. All right, let me give you my my third statement this morning. And the third statement is this. Personal growth should be exhibited. Yeah, personal growth should be exhibited. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 14 and 15 says, Do not neglect the spiritual gift you received. Throw yourself into your task so that everyone will see your progress. Notice this last phrase, everyone will see, say we'll see. Everyone will see your progress. I think we could also add or your lack of progress. So personal growth should be exhibited. It should show. It should be obvious. It should be easily easily detected. First of all, there should be a change in practice. If we're growing in our faith, if we are growing in our walk with God, there, there should be a change in practice. There should be a difference in the practices of saints and sinners. Don't hear much about that today. That's all I ever heard about when I was growing up. But we never hear about it hardly today. But there should be a change in practice. should be a difference in the practices of saints and sinners. And listen to me. Listen, there should also be a difference in the practice, uh, the practices of baby saints and mature saints. See, see, Christians love to talk about salvation. And oh, we really, and I'm for this. Listen, not, don't read what, don't hear what I'm not saying, but we love to talk about salvation. And we really love to talk about salvation by grace. Woo, we love that. But very few want to talk about sanctification. Want to talk about salvation? In fact, most of you don't even know what that word means. Well, this group does. Maybe the next group doesn't. We don't hear it anymore. Sanctification. A process of God changing us day by day by day by day more into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, at salvation, we're forgiven. And thank God we are forgiven. So at salvation, we are forgiven, but through the process of sanctification, the rough edges are knocked off of us. Because we might be saved, but we don't really look like a saint right now. We just got saved. In fact, I'll never forget years ago, a man in my dad's church got saved, and he had a filthy mouth, and he got saved. And the next day on Monday, he, had, he, he did a bread route and he dropped one of those whole baskets of bread on his finger and one of those four-letter words came out and all of a sudden he thought, oh no, I'm going to hell. And he called my dad. He said, Pastor, I, I'm not saved. I, I said a four-letter word. And my dad called him my name and he said, listen, listen, 
How long have you been living in sin? He said, oh, about 50 years. He said, how, many, how long have you been walking with Jesus? One day. You've been saved, but you haven't been sanctified. Man, I'm not telling you it's okay, but listen, just say, Lord, forgive me and help me. Help me in this process. Help me. Come on. So at salvation, we become saints, but through the process of sanctification, we begin to look and act like it. And sanctification comes through personal growth. It's a process. It's a process. As we study the scripture, as we pray, as we begin to implement the preaching and the teaching that we hear. How many know you're not here this morning just to hear the, 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 the sermon of the pastor for 30 minutes? You are here this morning to hear the word, to receive the word, and then to implement the word of God that you have received. And sanctification comes as we begin to read the scripture and we begin to pray and we begin to implement the preaching and the teaching that we hear. A change begins to take place in us, a change in practice. We no longer do some of the things that we used to do. We no longer talk like we used to talk. We no longer go and go to or participate in some of the things that we used to. There's a difference between saint and sinner. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone and a new life has begun. And 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17, Paul says, Come out from among unbelievers. Separate yourselves and don't touch their filthy things. Now let me say this this morning. Don't confuse sanctification with legalism. See, see, we're not, we're not doing good in order to be saved. We could never be good enough to earn our salvation. No matter how good we ever might possibly be, we would never be good enough to earn entrance into heaven. But because we are saved... And because we are saved, we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. And because the Holy Spirit is living on the inside of us, He, He gives us the power to change. And He gives us the desire to change. See, before He came to live inside of us, we only had a desire to please ourselves. Oh, but now we have a desire to please God. And it is God that gives us that desire. But not only should there be a change in practice, there also, there should be a change in position. Change in position. We should not be at the same place in our spiritual journey today that we were a year ago, that we were five years ago, that we were ten years ago. Listen, we may not be where we want to be, we may not be where we should be, but hopefully we are not where we were. So let me ask you tell you to ask yourself this morning, am I making any progress in my journey? Am I making any progress in my walk with God? And is there any proof of it? Is there any fruit? Is there any proof of my, uh, my growth? The writer of Hebrews said to those he was writing to, he said, hey, man, you guys ought to be teachers by now. I mean, you, you guys ought to be teachers by now, but you haven't even put into practice the, the baby steps that you have been given. Listen, personal growth should be exhibited. We should be, there should be some proof of it. It, it, it should show. 
So it's time for us to move forward in the area of personal growth. So I, I challenge all of us to step it up in this area of personal, of personal growth. All right, let me give you my fourth and final statement for today, and it is simply this. Personal growth should never expire. Personal growth should never expire. Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 6 says, God, who began a good work in, in you, will continue his work until it is finished. When is it finished? On the day when Christ returns. See, there's never a place to stop on the growth journey. Never a place to stop on the growth journey. No matter where you are in your walk with God, you will never arrive until you reach heaven. There will always be things for us to learn. Can I tell you that after 50 years of daily Bible study, I have more questions than I have answers? I mean, you know, some people get so emphatic on one particular doctrine and man, they just spell it out there and they've got their scriptures. Well, there's other scriptures on the other side of that fence. We like to act all holy and better than thee and you know, we've got, we've got it all together. No one has it all together. Right? There's always going to be something for us to learn. And there will always be imperfections in our life that need chiseling away. Rough edges that need sanding. About 10 days or so ago or so, I don't know, I lose track of time. But some, a few days ago, someone pushed my buttons. They pushed my buttons. And what I thought was under control suddenly was totally out of control. I opened my mouth and some real ugliness came out. I'm talking about your holy reverend pastor. I mean, some real ugliness came out. I'm just keeping it real. And afterward, I was totally, totally ashamed of myself, and I apologized three times. We never arrive. In fact, the Bible says, he that thinks he stands, take heed before he falls. So we, we will never arrive. We will never reach perfection, not on this side of heaven. Personal growth should never expire. And let me say this this morning. When we reach a plateau, and all of us do from time to time, when we reach a plateau, we should pause, catch our breath, and then press on. Amen. Amen. See, personal growth can become tiring. We grow weary in our journey sometimes. You know, the Bible talks much about rest. In fact, the Bible says that God instituted the Sabbath. One entire day out of every week devoted to rest 
and worship. Now, the day of the week in the New Testament shows it doesn't matter. Every day is the same. It don't matter. It, it, you, it doesn't have to be Sunday. It doesn't have to be Friday, and Friday sundown to Saturday sundown, which was the actual Sabbath for, for the Israelites in the Old Testament. It doesn't have to be an actual day, but, but the principle of Sabbath, I think, is still viable and important. The Bible talks about rest. It talks about the Sabbath, an entire day a week for rest and worship. Sometimes, so, sometimes, listen, sometimes in our faith journey, we hit a wall. Have you ever hit a wall? Yeah. And sometimes in our, in our walk, in our growth with the Lord, we, we hit a wall. And sometimes, sometimes we even find ourselves in a spiritual desert. And sometimes the pressures of life weigh heavier on, heavier on us than at other times. Sometimes we've just had too many negative issues too close together. And we get tired and we get stressed and, and maybe even experience a little hopelessness. And sometimes we even have to fight bitterness and sometimes we even have to fight resentment. Ever been there? Read your Bible and you're going to see that even the giants of the faith experience times like this. Elijah did. David did, Moses did, the disciples did. If you find yourself in that situation, don't beat yourself up. Don't throw in the towel and give up. Hear me, when we reach a plateau or when we hit a wall, we should pause, catch our breath, and then press on. That was, a, that was God's prescription for Elijah when he hit his wall. Elijah was burned out. He had too much, too close together. And so this is what God prescribed for Elijah. First Kings chapter 19, verse five through eight says, then Elijah, then he lay down and slept. He slept under the broom tree, but as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around and there beside his head was some baked bread on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and then he laid down again. All preachers do, eat and sleep, right? So he ate and he drank and he lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again, touched him and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead of you will be much too, it will be too much for you. So he got up and he ate and he drank and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days to Mount Sinai. Jesus said in Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30, Jesus said, come to me, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because, because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Oh, yes, my friend, when we reach a plateau, when we hit the wall, we should pause. Yeah, we should pause. We should catch our breath, and then we should press on. Listen, there's a time to pause. It's okay to take a time out. It's okay to have a sabbatical. It's okay to have some time off. It's okay to pause. But after the pause, we should then press on. Because personal growth should never 
expire. The takeaway for the message this morning is this. We will never develop into who we want to be until we become dissatisfied with who we have been. Father, I just pray today that you will take your infallible, life-changing, life-altering, miracle-working word today. God, let your word do what needs to be done in the heart and in the life of your people here today. Father, I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Would everyone stand with me this morning, please? Everyone standing today. I don't know, this morning maybe you're here today and... And you've had too much too close together. Too much too close together. And as a result, you're tired, you're weary, you're overwhelmed. You need to pause. You need to rest. You need the Holy Spirit to refresh you today. Maybe you're in this room this morning and you're dissatisfied with with who who you've been. I've been this way far too long. I've been at this place in my walk with God long enough. It's time for God to take the bottle away from me. And at least start me on some baby food. Or I've been eating the baby food so long now, it's time the baby food goes away. And I start eating some hearty meat and vegetables. It's time for me to move on in my journey with the Lord. If either of these or anything else describes you this morning, you want to make that step, Today, the altar is open this morning. I want you to just come this morning. If one will move forward, others will join. Anyone this morning, and I've described one of those two things. Thank you, Eve. Others will come. Yeah, come on. Just takes one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you might be at 9.5. But God wants to move you to 9.6. There's never a place that you stop growing in our journey with the Lord. Anyone else? All right, I'm going to invite everyone to come forward this morning. Everyone, everyone that possibly can. If you can't, I understand, but everyone move forward. The word for the Beginning of this year, I didn't say word for the year. It's not for me to give that word because I won't be here for two-thirds of the year. It wasn't fair. But, but this was, I just, and I've said it in, all, in both messages that I preached. This is, I asked the Lord, what is the word that we began this year with? The word is to move forward. The word is forward. Go forward. Go forward. Go forward. You know, I think there's a reason why the windshield is, how, how wide is a car? Anybody know? I don't even know. Five feet? Let's say five feet. How far is it? Eight feet? That's a wide car, ain't it? 
Depends on the car. Yeah, depends on if you're one of them little. Let's, let's just pick a number. Right? There's a reason. There's a reason why the windshield is six foot wide and the rearview mirror is that wide. The problem is in our walk with God, too many of us are focusing on that little mirror of the past and have forgotten about the huge windshield that represent what in front of us, the future. Thank God for the past, but the past just got us ready for the future. Father, I just pray today, oh God, God, give us a hunger. God, give us a thirst. God, give us a desire. God, not to look in that rear view mirror, and we do every once in a while, and it's for safety's sake, we knew we do. And even in our walk with God, we can take a, a, a glance backward because, because that glance backward reminds us of your faithfulness, and we, we shouldn't forget about that. But Lord, we, the bigger picture is out in front of us, God, where you want to take us, Lord. We, we've not even scratched the surface yet as a church or as individuals as to where you want to take us. Oh, God, we're ready. We're ready. We're ready, Lord. We're ready for that next step. We're ready, Lord, for that new season. God, we're ready for whatever you have planned for us out there in the future. We're not going to focus on that rearview mirror, but we're going to focus on the on the windshield of opportunity that you have for us, Lord. Take us where we've never been before. God, use us, Lord, like we've never been used before. God, chisel away, Lord, those rough edges. Lord, take your sandpaper and, and do some sanding on some areas of our life that, that, that are a little rough and need to be need to be sanded out, need to be a little more smooth. God, help us today. Amen. That's my prayer. You make your, you, you pray your prayer this month. Come on, everyone, pray your prayer.